0: All right. Welcome back. You've reached another recording of the Auto PolyPod with me, Dre, and my co-host Jay. And today we are joined with Madison. Hello. (laughs) to do an introduction.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, Uh, my name is Madison. Uh, Madison Clark. I am currently a fourth-year PhD student here at Indiana University in Bloomington, um, getting my PhD in African-American African diaspora studies. Um, and uh, my research focuses on Afro-Brazilian race relations, but also I have a um, focus um, in other interests and in research when it comes to Black polyamory um, within the United States. So...
2: A little bit about me and who I be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks so much, Madison, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know you've been busy and it's, you know, it's really great that you decided to come on and talk to us. Thank so, you for <laughs> inviting me. I feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> you, So you are special, <laughs> um, I <laughs> I am so happy because I really wanted. Well, okay. So, what we want to really talk about is the book that I edited um a year ago. Just for the listeners that don't know, uh, I edited a short book that highlighted several black polyamorous. Uh, women experiences, and basically everyone was Black, uh, identified as a woman, and was not in a triad or a male-centered dynamic, if you say. Um, So a lot of us are solo polyamorous, and yeah, it was an experience. Um, I really wanted to do it because I was tired of reading books that did not show any of these. What's the word I want to say? Didn't show us. Um, there's a lot of things that are being written by non, non-POC or non-Black folks that are very much couple centric, um, very much triad centric. And I wanted the world to know that, hey, that's not what it's all about. It's not just some white people shit either. It's, <laughs> it's black folks out here. We, we out here. <laughs> um, and we are living this love style. And yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted folks to know that. So, Madison, can you let the folks know? Well, you kind of sort of explained it. You have an interest in that research, but can you go a little bit deeper into your interest in in the project?
1: Absolutely, sure. So, um, so yeah. So, I identify as a Black polyamorous woman. Um, it's an identity that I never, I'm sorry, um, I didn't always have a vocabulary for. Um, growing up in central Alabama, um, it's not the most embracing space for people who identify in um, quote-unquote non-traditional <laughs> or heteronormative Western kind of ways, right? So, um, but I knew since I was a kid, that's who I was. I didn't have the words for it, but I understood that you know, I deserve as much love as I should have, <laughs> right? Or, or should enjoy. Um, it wasn't until I got older, uh, when I was getting my first master's, that I really started to dive into it more about the lexicon, about the culture, and similar to what you were hinting just a minute ago, Jay, um, how it was very white oriented Um, and I thought how discouraging that was when I knew very well they were Black polyamorous people um, that you know I had had relationships with myself and not having that sort of representation or not having that sort of um, visibility in both the academic or even just like in the popular media setting was upsetting for me so i started to include in my missions in life to encourage that visibility to encourage that comfortness in being polyamorous and black um and to encourage conversations around what it means especially in a country like the U.S., where, and this applies, you know, on a broader scale too, throughout the whole diaspora, but um, particularly how Black women and how our bodies have historically haven't had our own agency with it, um, and that's kind of the the goal I hope to um, get across to people that. Um, I talk to when it comes to polyamory, how it's about embracing that agency over your own body and your own livelihood and how that can bring joy and how that's another form of resistance against this <laughs> colonized system. It's another form of, of uprising and it's another form or an, another evolved state of the revolution, I feel, um, when you're able to have that capacity over your own joys with your body in the most physical and metaphorical senses. Um, And I feel that's one way that um, polyamory helps, helps our lives. If that makes sense,
2: hopefully. (laughs) Oh, that was a word. (laughs) When, when you said, a form of resistance, I wanted to get off mic and just (laughs) clap. I wanted to clap because people don't realize that Black joy itself is a form of resistance. Rejecting all white supremacist narratives is a form of resistance. And a lot of people, they, you know, they don't have I don't say they have the balls to do it, but it takes it takes a lot of guts to really buck the system and reject things that go against the grain, go against quote unquote normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I really just wanted to thank you for for saying that because you know, even within polyamory, it's still so so much so many nuanced things. Mm-hmm. People really expect um, you to be a part of a couple, mm-hmm. and I I, I get a, well, how can I put this? When I see certain things on social media and I really shouldn't take most social media seriously. <laughs> I, it's like, it's trying to weed out, <laughs> weed out, pardon me, all of the bad stuff yeah. through the good stuff. Um, you have certain people who still have toxic views when it comes to relationships. Mm -hmm. um you still have people that even in the polyam community who will have some type of bias against folks that are solo polyamorous yeah even when people don't understand what solo polyamory is and you describe it and people are like oh so you're just single and it's like "What? (laughs) i'm not single i have partners what are you talking about right um and it's just so it's just so much surrounding relationships and sex and being black that it's like you have to like try to pull apart some of these issues with society. And I feel like the book was an act of resistance itself, in my opinion, um, to say, hey, this, these are beautiful Black women in films who are not stereotypical. And I purposely wanted to, and when I, you know, thought about the project, I wanted to get Black women who were not in the triad. I wanted yeah. to get Black women who, you know, I didn't want to say just solo poly, but People who are very much outside of the norm. Because yeah. I wanted to show a difference because of, you know, polyamory is becoming mainstream and that's good and bad. But I wanted to just note the people who are still on the fringes of polyam and who may get pushed back. In the community because we choose not to go up the re- relationship escalator you know we choose not to get married or have more children or things like that or have any children yeah. and yeah i that that was my real goal behind it and i really just wanted to thank you and um dre for participating Dre, did you want to talk about how you felt about the project and things like that?
0: Well, yeah. Well, I love the project. I read it as soon as I got it because I was excited to read stories from other people's, and I read yours again today, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this because I'm like, who is this person that writes like this, and why am I in the same book as her?" Because, <laughs> man. <laughs>
1: both very very kind
0: (laughs) thank you yeah it was so inspirational and I was so happy to read all the different stories of how everybody came into it and you know just it made me feel like I was part of something that's why I'm like everybody can have my phone number call me text me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel I was also very excited (laughs) um yeah, I was excited to to be a part of the anthology and read as well. Having that sense of community is very much needed um, in this kind of work. And I think what both, um, what you and Jay both said, as far as like what the anthology, your goals with the anthology, I feel um, very well met those goals and objectives in a, in a very beautiful way. And um, it's, it provides such a, Provide such an example for people who are one, unfamiliar and become can become familiar. And and much like what was just said, how it's a reminder that this type of life is not something that's so um so what's what I'm looking for? It shouldn't be shunned It shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of because no one else around you, it feels like is is a part of that. And having this kind of anthology was something I, I know I certainly need to remind myself that this is part of the, the greater work and mission that I want in life and in a very beautiful and artful way. So thank you <laughs> for, for ha- having this project and let me be a part of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay's going with the questions. Come on. <laughs> I just oh, chime no. in. <laughs>
2: No, I really wanted you to, you know, chime in as well. Um, (laughs) I, you know, and I'm thinking about it again, like after we put the project together, I really wanted to do a second book or a second edition um, with other stories Mm -hmm. of Black polyam women. My question to both of you why do you feel like okay so how can i say this there there are definitely black polyam women who are living and loving as polyam folk but are not i don't want to say are not interested in being out do you feel like that is an issue in keeping it, keeping polyamory secret, because I know there's a lot of folks who can't, you know, actively say, I am queer, or, I am mm-hmm. polyam, or, you know, things of that nature because of their job or right. religion or family. How do you think that we can break this stigma? Because that's another reason why I wanted the book to come out and also have these pictures of us. So, you know, society can see who we are.
1: Um, yeah, I think I feel that it can be a very, um, nerve wracking thing at times to openly come out with it. And in my experience, um, people have told me that the reason is because of certain assumptions that the general public has about polyamory, about solo polyam, about um, these types of myths. And so I just encourage conversation. I feel that communication is one of the ultimate ways <laughs> that we can solve so many problems that we encounter in life. So I'm just like, talk about this, just talk about it. And because so much of our larger culture society um, views, you know, sex as something that should only be with one person at one time. Otherwise, it's, it's meaningless. Uh, we have such a, a shame sort of attitude and mindset about sex and our bodies and passion and freedom. Um, and I help, I, I try to help at least, I try to help break that unease by just being comfortable talking about it as I would about you know, washing dishes or about, you know, cleaning my house or whatnot. I make it something that's natural and a part of life. Um, I understand that not all polyamorous relationships have to include sex or include sex, but, um, I feel that is such a cornerstone that so many people tend to navigate or tend to, um, establish between just regular friendships and intimate friendships. Right. Um, so I openly talk about sex. I openly talk about um, relationships with people, experiences I've had um, as points of joy to celebrate in life as I would my favorite pie that I, I ate. <laughs> no pun intended. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, so uh, I just, I, I try to encourage breaking that stigma and shame through openly talking. And for those who still may be struggling to be comfortable, um, I try not to add any pressure, you know, take their time with it. If they're in a better state in life, if they can do it, do so. But um, yeah, by making it, by talking about it and upfront, I think is the best way to make it easier for people to digest.
0: All right. Well, you know how I am, Jay. I am a cynic. So I'm like, Is it possible to break the stigma and why do we care so much? Because people are always going to be in the closet for one reason or another. And it's going to end up being seen more and more as more people do it. But even with increased visibility and also, you know, acceptance on a larger scale, there's still going to be some portion of people who are just like, nah, whether it be because of religion or their own, restrictions they put on themselves I think like I agree that we should talk about it more freely like talk about our relationships I've been working to do that more and more like I just speak about our relationships fluidly and then if someone has questions I'll answer them but I'm not really out praising the gospel of being polyamorous because for me like I don't care what somebody else does in their bedroom just mind your business to leave me alone <laughs> if you don't like what I'm doing if you hear about it some kind of way so for me it's like I don't know we keep talking about it put you know get more people to accept it understand that relationships aren't one size fit all even if they are polyamorous or monogamous or what have you they're still never a one size fit all so as long as people start start leaving people alone about it more, that would be good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of like in the middle of both of you guys. Like, I kind of want to to I don't want to say showcase it, but show the normalcy of it and then mm-hmm. on the other side of the conversation I'm like Dre, and I'm just like, you know, uh, what's the point of me really talking about it? And, you know, I've noticed it's just on social media, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people who really try to reduce those stereotypes and stigmas. Um, But then you have people who are so totally against polyamory for whatever reason they sometimes are so livid about polyamory and folks being polyam. um, They say a bunch of horrible, nasty things, you know? And sometimes you care. And at this point in my age, I really don't care because it's like, y'all not paying my bills, my rent, y'all not taking (laughs) care of me. And half of y'all are miserable and... Are really in polyamorous relationships? Actually, no. Half of them are cheating. Let's just get that straight. Um, (laughs) But for me, I've always just wanted to... I don't want to change people. I just want to let them know that here's other options. And that's that's really my purpose. Um, I've always been kind of like buck the system, like revolutionary very much militant like (laughs) anything that's that's supposed to be normal I am trying to get away from it um that quote-unquote normalcy and show and highlight there are other people in this world that may have different lives but we all want the same things ultimately yeah
1: yeah that happiness and that peace and that freedom right to exist in your body in this space um, and embracing as much joy as possible while doing it so yeah, I see that polyamory is just another way of doing it that has always existed <laughs> throughout the globe, but it's just um in recent centuries in this hemisphere that it's it's more of this taboo notion. And yeah, I definitely respect um, what both of you shared as well. Um, I've always been known as a very, not loud, but very like, (laughs) um, I I just like to speak my mind a lot without a lot of filters, maybe, if that's the right expression. Um, (laughs) So when it comes to polyamory, I'm just like, but you want
0: to know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it could be right. we need both sides of it though. Cause you know, you need the people who are loud and like in your face with it to really like bring it up. And then you have the people who are quiet at home talking to the kids on the corner. Like, yeah, I'm just killing at my house. I know it looks weird to you, but I mean, that's what we do.
1: Yeah, for sure. And And I feel that sort of like, approach is definitely important when it comes to normalizing it. Like, like what Jay was saying, right. It's like, um, by not making a big deal of it, right. And just having it happen, then it becomes just very natural and organic, or I I hope it it would eventually becomes very
0: natural and organic for people when you don't make a a big fuss over it. I mean, it kind of has in my life because, and there's been times where it's come up as I'm going back around my family and things, and mm-hmm. like, like, like I said, I don't like, I don't come out. I just exist. This is right. who I am. I'm not coming out of it anything. It's just, you're just going to encounter me. And so right. they encountered it and they, you know, they made jokes. And I was like, you know, they joked to call a partner. I'm like, you can call him right now here.
2: Tell him <laughs> he said, what's
0: up. And they just looked at me <laughs> and said, so now, you know, they ask questions. They really don't want to know <laughs> so they don't ask the right questions <laughs> but they they ask about my partners and I'm like yeah they're good and I'm like y'all still doing that yeah we're still doing it we're good over here but then they see how my life is pretty good and they're like okay mm-hmm. so it makes it easier for them to digest and so it's becoming a normal thing maybe just for me in their eyes but if they see somebody else they'll be like oh Andrea does that mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is, it is, it can be somewhat of a, a sort of spectacle or yeah, some of a spectacle kind of like thing for some people to kind of like ooh and ah over. Um, especially, I guess, I'm not, I don't really have a close relationship with my family. So um, yeah. I don't really, um, we don't have, yeah, I don't talk to them, but, <laughs> but other people, <laughs> like my, I guess they of my friends very much my family, right? Right. Um, and so I remember certain friends just kind of being like well like how do you know if and how do you this and this sense like the 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 way that I feel most relationships thrive is through honesty right and this is like one of the greatest expressions of honesty it's like yes I'm attracted to you I'm also attracted to her and I'm mm-hmm. also attracted to them yeah. and this is what we got going on and if you're down for it, cool, I just ask that you be honest as well, and I think people are so used to the idea of secrecy, and so used to the idea of manipulation, and then are so used to the the dramas that happen in these, well, ultimately toxic relationships, that they feel that if it doesn't have those type of ingredients, (laughs) then it's not authentic, and when they see something that's Comfortable and is bright <laughs> and it's healthy and it's like yes you know I'm dating these people all at once it's kind of a shock because it's like wait we 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 can be this way we don't have to fit this trope <laughs> you know yeah. we're we're taught that we have to have this trope in order to have happiness and it's like no <laughs> that, that's not what happiness is at all um, we've been don't shouldn't allow yourself to be brainwashed um, into thinking that. Relationships must have these hurdles. Like, why, why, why? Your life is only so many decades. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't spend your energy in these things that aren't giving you joy. And I think, especially Black women and Black femme-presenting people, it's even more targeted to be this sort of dramatic sort of situation. we're supposed to have we're supposed to endure these hardships in order to be uh, a faithful companion and we're supposed to you know have these tears and anguish to prove our our loyalty and love and it's like fuck that bullshit (laughs) you know it's like why do I have to have this pain in my life um in this misery that's not my revolution that's not my resistance so yeah
0: you know a byproduct of that um friends encountering you kind of in the wild because they learn through you is when you see some of them that still will remain monogamous but their relationships will get better because they take some of what you said and integrate it into theirs I love seeing that yeah one byproduct that always brings me joy like okay I see you I love it (laughs) because I tell them all the same thing like all you gotta do is talk about it you know like just tell them you said you love them tell them
1: (laughs) right you want this then say it like, no one's a mind reader. Well, supposed to? How are they supposed to know? Are they in your head? Like, no, it's just, it's just talk.
2: <laughs> Madison, you brought up something that I really wanted to thank you for that I've noticed. You know, a lot of people, and I don't want to say in this day and age, but they thrive off of, and this is what I'm noticing. I'm not saying that is actually true. They definitely thrive off of secrecy. Um, yeah. And there's been a lot of people saying, oh, this person has a wife and then he's cheating on her with another person. Oh, why don't they just be poly? And it's like, no, because you can be a cheater and a liar and yeah. still be poly yeah. and it's not right. That, you know, the highlight and I guess the tenet of polyamory is just, communication and honesty and some people are I realize sadly unable unable to have that they they thrive mm. off that secrecy they get a high or a thrill off of it because yeah. like I was saying you know there's a lot of people that want to come for polyam folks but it's like y'all are sitting here being side chicks you glorify this cheating yeah um you glorify not communicating with your partners and then you get so mad with me or other polyam folks who live in their best lives have their partners lives are together and you're steeped in drama and it's like at this point in my life i that there, there's no hope for those people um it's, it's really disheartening <laughs> honestly it's really disheartening um and i'm learning to let go and not try to be captain saveaho as much as i can and you know kind of like what dre said it's like i'm just gonna let people be and it's like I wanna, I wanna be, and I wanna let people be, because um, there are still gonna be be people who they're gonna hide, and you know because of religion or family or whatever or their job, but it sometimes is really sad. But yeah, I feel like I don't know every every little bit of bringing positivity to our love style helps but also understanding that people are people no matter what Um, whether they're monogamous or polyamorous people are going to do shady shit people are going to do dumb shit whether they're polyam or not and that's been the hard reckoning for me I would say
1: yeah I mean yeah I, I can I can sympathize that as well um, as far as like people gonna be people and you know even in the freedom that polyamory allows there are still a lot of traps to watch out for right um, and in my experience it's been the the fetishization behind it that's been the biggest challenge um, because I My biggest thing is just giving agency and humanity back to the black woman um, because that has been robbed for so much. And so often when I do enter relationships or whatnot, you know, my biggest uh, thing I have to maneuver around is just this kind of like, because I'm in a space in the Midwest (laughs) <laughs> where well, there aren't first of all a lot of black people secondly um on a lot of uh, black polyamorous people um it's it's having to safeguard myself against those who just want to be with a black woman right for that kind of like seek and throw and that high um so yes there are definitely freedoms that come with polyamory but also a lot of traps to be careful for as well, because yes, you have this sort of space, but at the same time, there are people who continue to pray off the Black woman's body um, and get highs off of it as well in these very dangerous and, and scary sort of methods. Um, so yes, polyamory isn't all <laughs> rainbow and sprinkles, <laughs> but it definitely, um, I feel, is an easier or a type of a type of of uh, resistance that i think is needed to be discussed more if that makes sense
2: yes definitely um, so i'm also in the midwest <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually we're, we're very close to each other where are you um, at <laughs> i'm in ohio i'm in cleveland okay <laughs> and 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 so you know, <laughs> just not having enough representation of black polyam folks here has been one of the reasons why most of my partners are long distance. I mean you don't um, like me and leave.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm going to give me, well, this is almost October. Come February, I'm going to be in Brazil. So I plan on having all the joys there.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. So are you going to be moving um, permanently or?
1: Um, maybe eventually. I'll be going uh, next year for nine months to do research. And then um, I'll come back, hopefully present my dissertation. And then after, I may go back to live. Um But yeah, so this is kind of my trial run to see how it goes. (laughs) Good luck. Don't go back to Indiana. No.
2: no. (laughs) That is Um, absolutely awesome.
1: Thank
2: you. Um, I I really want to just eventually get into that resistance um, as a Black woman. I really, not even in this podcast, but just Maybe talk offline about that resistance, and you know I view everything that I do as a as resistance against uh, white supremacy, against heteronormativity. You know, just having that black girl joy, and you know, consciously dating black folks, um, some black men, <laughs> and <laughs> black. Uh, women in femmes, um, mostly. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to just hear about that. I would love also just to hear more about your dissertation and oh, your yeah. research. Um, I know there are other folks. There's someone else that is doing his PhD on polyam as well. Um, I don't know the full title. Um But it just is really interesting, you know, writing the whole dissertation on this and just being open and it's, it just makes me so happy. And, you know, the title of the book was important because I wanted to really change that narrative behind what polyamory is. Mm -hmm. and how it's viewed you know it's always been viewed as some white people shit or some a couple seeking a third or you know and it's just like let's just flip the script let's just talk about folks who are single or who don't want to be a couple or who are not white
0: you Mm -hmm. know whether
2: they're you know people of color, black or Asian or Hispanic or Latinx or whatever, you know, let's just talk about that and how that.
1: So yeah. So um so, since I started graduate school, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to write and present um about polyamory specifically black polyamory life um within the United States. Um and it's um it's always exciting when, you know, I send in my abstracts and, and get the feedback or whatever from different panelists and um, just the curiosity around it because I think so many people, like I mentioned before, associate it with with it being polyamory associate it with like, you know, hippies or just like, you know, white people who are trying to, you know, explore sexuality more. And with my writing, Um, I'm able to show through both historic and um, what's I'm looking for, mostly through a historic lens as to the benefits of Black people embracing polyamory. um, (laughs) And, you know, not like in the mission to convert people, of course, but (laughs) in a way to just expose like how historically, you know, Black people haven't had that sort of agency over their bodies, right? We can, we always, you know, uh, automatically enslavement, but even since Reconstruction era, when we start, you know, um, highlighting these politics of respectability, right? That Higginbotham writes about, um, you know, that's just uh, another form of us not really having that sort of like permission to be ourselves without risking You know, the wider society and larger audiences accepting us, right? Um, If you don't look a certain way, if you don't have the certain gender norms, if we don't, you know, practice these sort of sexual tendencies, then we are considered, you know, an other, right? But it's like we will always be an other in a land built on capitalism and entitlement, right? So (laughs) it's like, um, why try to conform when you're never going to be accept it to the way that they want in this Western lens and eyes. Um, another form of quote unquote breaking your chains is by um, embracing this type of freedom without having that sort of worry of if, if I'm if I'm falling into the line, so to say, so that people will quote unquote respect me. Because ultimately, you know, the black body um, is I feel you know, never really gonna be accepted in the way that white, the white world wants, right? That's the whole reason why these labels exist. Um, and another form or another type of, of resistance and just type of embracing your whole self and your whole being and, and state here on this planet is by not following those guidelines. And because we live in a world that's so strict when it comes to what you're supposed to do with sex, with orgasm, with joy, that's 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 a really a highlight and in, in my writings of presentation is embracing the joy of sex and pleasure. And if you can do that with multiple people, why not um, do so openly with multiple people? Why not? Um, black women have both been Dehumanized um, and hypersexualized in the wrong ways, and I feel that by having polyamory in your life, and um, practicing it with others in the community, um, it's just another form of—I don't want to say awakening because I hate that word—but <laughs> another form of of just challenging these mindsets and these ideas. Why are you? Why are you taught this way? Is it from the system that has always oppressed us? Um, is it benefiting you to the fullest? If the answer is, you know, not the way you want, then yes, you can you can resist in these ways. I and mean, particularly with Black women, because we know that there is this greater, I guess, I don't want to say stereotype, but a um, certain allowance, I guess, when it comes to men being able to, have this sort of um, non-ethical <laughs> um, and non-consensual um, um, non-monogamy, right? Um, and for some reason that's excused, you know? Um, people get out- outrageous about it, of course, in the, in the moments and there's a sens- sensation around it, but also at the end of the day, we forgive because we're these nurturers as women and we're supposed to, and it's like all that can be avoided, right? um, by embracing this new type of resistance. So I feel like I kind of rambled there a bit, but (laughs) that's ultimately, uh, what I try to do with, uh, my research. And when I, when I talk about my writings at these presentations and whatnot,
0: um,
1: allowing that sort of sexuality to be a form of joy for you.
2: You definitely did ramble. You made me think about okay. a content <laughs> creator and an, and an and an openly polyamorous woman. Uh, her name is Passion Jones, and she has two male partners. Um, I'm not sure if what their sexualities are, but you know, a lot of people just it's of course it's a lot of hate. Of course, because of social media, people can say. Well, they think they can say anything, of course. Um, but just a lot of hate has been towards her in general and men. Um and then when you, you know, me being me being a woman, um, you know, identified femme as well as being queer, you know, when I tell people that, you know, I have multiple male partners and you know, at one point in time, um, a female partner as well, you know it's it's really shocking, like, do the men sleep together or do they know about <laughs> each other? And it's like nobody sleeps together unless they want to, but they don't. Um, yeah um, and it's it's always been like that or like, does dis- your 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 man let you do that? what let's uh, like this let's, whole let's let, <laughs> let me like um yeah my dad's dead and nobody lets me do anything because i'm a grown-ass woman
1: right
2: no one <laughs> lets me and it's it always feels like this inf, infant infantile uh, how can i describe the word almost infant uh, <laughs> i feel the struggle like, Childish words. and infant words because it's been late. <laughs> it's almost like making us like we're kids. Like, I think right. that's how a lot of men see women as children, mm-hmm. as you know, as only certain things as stereotypes,
0: you mm-hmm. know,
2: only mothers, only someone who can. Cook and clean be sexual but not be too sexual mm-hmm. and it's like it's another form of resistance against the fucking patriarchy too Absolutely. when i think about it like no i don't want to be in your triad no i don't really care about your feelings as a man I want to do what I want to do. I want to get joy and pleasure out of whatever relationships I'm getting these joys and pleasures out of. And no, you cannot participate <laughs> when it. That's another. That's another one of my forms of resistance. When I I notice that whenever I have a uh, a girlfriend or a female partner, none of my male partners ask to join to watch. They recognize they respect my agency they respect mm-hmm. who i am but i know there are a lot of men who would say oh i will have to watch or i would have to join in no the fuck you don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no the fuck you don't it, and if, and you're, if, you just, we don't need we don't need no dicks we got a couple we we'll be good <laughs> We got a couple, we'll be very good and they don't get tired. (laughs) So we don't need you there. (laughs) We don't need your input. We don't need your penis. Yeah,
1: you hit it right on the the head with, I mean, again, no pun intended again, but like with patriarchy, right? When it comes to like this idea that sex is only for the male gaze, right? How dare women have joy and pleasure and ecstasy in something that's designed just for the, the male, right? And it's like, this is, again, another way of breaking that mindset. It's like, you know, if a woman enjoys sex, then automatically she's a bad woman. But for some reason, this is like our body is naturally designed, you know, for cisgender women are naturally designed to, you know, have that experience, you know, when it comes just to the clit, you know, just how many nerve endings are in there compared to the penis, right? It's like, you know, if we aren't, supposed to like it. <laughs> you know, why are we we physically, you know, shaped to do so? And it's upsetting because so many women believe that they aren't supposed to really enjoy sex. It's just something for their their male partner. That I even have friends in their 30s who are just now telling me that they had an orgasm for the first time um because they finally decided to masturbate for the first time, right? And it's like there are so many stigmas and so many, like, you know, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Closed minds or minds that aren't too scared. I guess people that are too scared to really explore more about pleasure and joy and how that can be, you know, a type of resistance like we've been saying throughout the evening, right? Against everything and using that joy to get through this, (laughs) this world. But Because the shame that's attached to your genitalia, the shame that's attached to the idea of an orgasm, the shame that's attached to letting more than one person know what your pussy looks like. You know, it's like, you know, and I feel it's even harder. Maybe I feel this way because I am Black, but I feel like it's even harder within the Black community because we've been so trained and because the church has been such a huge, pivotal impact for so many families, even if they don't identify as religious now, just historically and culturally, the church is such a, a, a cornerstone and keystone in so many parts of our, our life and ways. And there's this fear of going against these imaginary rules, <laughs> right? Um, for the sake of keeping men happy. And it's like, what are men doing for us? You know? So yeah.
2: Oh yes, you said a word. Like that's that's what I see, and that's what I notice. It's always circling back to men's happiness and negating women's happiness. Um oh it's I see so much bullshit on uh, social media, man. I just it blows my mind. Um yeah. It's it's <sighs> and
1: that's such most a most dangerous...
2: recently go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying that's such a dangerous like you were saying earlier, such a dangerous platform. There's there are definitely benefits to social media, but like like you've been saying, like when people get into these spells and these threads, oh it becomes so dangerous and toxic. The
2: dangerous and Toxicity definitely is on Twitter and on Clubhouse. <laughs> I I constantly see bullshit on both platforms. And sometimes and for me, like I said, I don't I'm not the type that wanna argue with folk because I'm too old and I don't have the time or the energy. And it's like I'd rather watch paint dry than argue. Um, I just don't have <laughs> I just don't have the energy or the time to even, you know, and at one point I did try to rationalize with certain people, but I realized through these rooms and these situations that you can have all the rational information. You can have all the correct, I don't want to say quote unquote, correct information, but if they're saying it's one thing and you show them that it's not, it's, it doesn't matter. It's still this cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. and i don't even want to go into religion but it's still just this 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 these thoughts and it's like okay you know i'm showing you this but you're still saying this mm-hmm. um and i and for me personally as someone who is um on a sexual spectrum as demisexual you know i I still want to reduce the stigma and I feel like it's an internal thing with me. And I, you know, I tell people like I didn't get into polyamory for sex Um, and that is just my experience. Mm -hmm. But I also have noticed like, I don't want to say biases for myself, but you know, there are people who, you know, got into polyamory because they wanted more sexual partners and more sexual freedom. So mm-hmm. I'm working on that within myself to, you know, I know it's not a bad thing and it's, it's within myself, I know that it's, a, it's something that I have to work through because that's the automatic default people think about. Oh, y'all just want to have sex and fuck a lot of people. And it's just like, yo, like not really. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not the, always the goal, but, you know, and it's almost, I'm trying to validate our mm-hmm. experience sometimes. And I have to stop doing that. You know, I, I don't care if they invalidate our experiences, but it's just a level of disrespect that sometimes like really pisses me off. So I'm working on a way to just really like embrace it. Of course I'm embracing it. I love who I am. I love my love style. I even, buck when people say it's a lifestyle, I say it's a love style. Um, To even just really. And that's, that's an inner, inner turmoil with me. Like that I have to work through, like changing the way i sometimes try to um defend polyamory right oh no 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 it's not like this it's like this and it's like i really have to just get it in my head that there are a lot of people that no matter what no matter what you say or do they're still gonna be mad about it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. They're going to be mad about it because they don't have the balls to, you know, really actively step out on the limb or they just mad about it because they just want to be mad about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. Right. And it's that difference that makes people uncomfortable. And, you know, as much as people like to preach love is love is love is love. Um, you know, famous, made famous by Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> but as much as people like to to shot and claim these things, if it still doesn't fit in that, you know, I guess that paradigm they're used to seeing, then it's, it's like, I'm, I'm with you until I'm uncomfortable, which means I've never really been with you the entire time, right? And, and I appreciate you, you emphasizing that point about, you know, it not always being about, sex, right? I'm a, I'm a very sexual person, so I love more orgasms, but, um, but you're absolutely right. You know, these are actual, they're not just, um, for some people, it could be very sexual. Some people, it's, most people, I think all, it's about that relationship factor, actually having these bonds and commitments with people on these very intimate ways, um, at the same time, um, openly. So, and I, and I feel that's just part of that, that unity and that community that's so needed, it's, it's missing so much, right? Because of the, the mistrust that's been built between people. Uh, you have this, I don't have that, therefore you're my enemy. Um, and it's like having these sort of actual strong, honest intimate relationships with each other, I think is what's gonna help press the movement forward.
2: i definitely think so um and you've brought so much insight um into this conversation and i really appreciate it madison i really do thanks for putting up with the times and schedules oh. and things like that i really appreciate that
1: this has been a pleasure i i wanted to do this so thank you so much for inviting me again oh, this is awesome i'm glad this work is being done <laughs>
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you coming. It was nice talking to someone from the book and actually talking about it a little bit because I I don't know, it's been space in my mind to ask about you all. So I really appreciate you coming on here today and your perspective was one that we needed for sure.
1: I can't wait to, to hear more and keep in touch and, and thank you all for doing what you're doing. It's, it's amazing. Thank you.
0: Did you want to give any of your socials out to anybody who's listening or anything like that?
1: Uh, sure. Um, how do I do this? I'm so (laughs) sad. So my uh, Instagram is barefoot underscore bunny kisses and it's an I and not a Y. So B-U-N-N-I-K-I-S-S-E-S. So Instagram is barefoot underscore bunny kisses and, um, I I think that's
0: the only, like, social media Okay, well, we'll put that in the show notes with, you know, the links to all of our stuff, our Twitter, email, all that jazz. And if anybody has more to add, they can get with us through those platforms or send us a message on Anchor. Jay, you have anything else?
2: Yeah, I'll also include a link to the book that we're discussing. Oh, yes. Um, And, you know, just thinking about, you know, possibly having a new book, possibly soon or something else of that nature. So yeah, I just want to thank you so much, Madison, for taking out that time and really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. Sending you all love and solidarity.
0: Talk to you later.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye.